Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Morning, millennials. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having a great Tuesday. Hey, Jax. How you doing? I'm doing good. A couple things off the bat. One, you really put your foot in that GMM this morning. Yeah, and then also I heard you in my headphones being like a little like... You almost you had a little skepticism in your in your voice. So because I made a giggle. You, because you popped off so hard. I was just like, oh, okay. Because my GMM every morning is the same. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like yours is fluctuates based on what's going on in that mind of yours. For sure. But one thing about me, when it comes to a tune, I am gonna pop off. So I just I don't want you to ever be surprised about that ever again. Yeah. And now one question before we start, is that a Seamla I see? Oh my God, no. Like, get your eyes checked, girly. Two days no, in a row. This angle where my camera is where I see you, I like come from the side, so I don't know what's going on betwixt your legs. It's th- how sad it looks, for you. <laughs> and it looks like a gorgeous little Seamla. It's my favorite set from Amazon. Um, oh my God. Wow, it's really not it's a Seamla. really not a dress. Yesterday, I could understand. Romper, dress, you don't see the little thing between my thighs. Today, I'm wearing a full blouse and shorts. Oh, okay. Well, you look gorgeous as usual. Thank you. You look stunning. Thank you. Thank you. Doing my best, you know. Mama Tings. Mama Tings. It's been a busy morning. I have such a busy day filled with content galore. Speaking of content galore, I recorded a Patreon episode yesterday. It's a vlog. It's up already. It is long overdue, but it's all of my favorite baby nursery mama tings. You know, our favorite onesies, our favorite gear, our favorite pacifiers, our favorite gifts, gift suggestions. If you're just, you know, not interested in baby tings for yourself, but maybe, you know, someone that you know is. So it's a really great vlog. It's honestly, it's over 30 minutes of me just like, talking about the best items that I've, and I've been through so much trial and error over the last six months that I feel really good about sharing my recs. Plus there's links to everything. So it's, there's just like sneak peeks of your house and Rold's voice. Yes. Who are, Rold. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's really, I've been meaning to do it for a while. I'm so glad that it's out there because I do, I get a lot of questions about my favorite baby products. And the thing is, and I went on like a whole tirade about this and I, but I can't not say it. It's like, there are so many products out there. There's almost too much information. It's not like there aren't enough places that explain what's what, but it's like, I don't have time to read a Megilla about like different stroller Mm -hmm. converters. Mm -hmm. So I found so many of the processes for picking out some of the bigger equipment to be so overwhelming. But now that I, chosen you know I got what I wanted and it's the one I got because um, it's the one you got I'm really happy to share you know what actually was good for us and what's really not um just like tangent kind of I want to really talk about um rolled mm. in I want to talk about favorite subject the nickname that I just want like full credit like I fully came up with it right well, actually, I'm Don't kidding. Even. I'm kidding. <laughs> in our family, like with certain things we all do, like years later, we're like, well, how do we get into Casey Musgraves? And literally nobody in this family will acknowledge that it was me. Literally nobody. But it's fine. It was me. Um, and so now that it's like, you know, only six months, like I feel like well, we're, we're going to be calling him rolled for a while. And I just want to put it out there. Everyone listening. It was me. 
It was Claudia. And that is also because I usually come up with the nicknames. Yes. But it's like, I can't nickname myself. That's why I don't really have a great nickname. Oh my, that's because so true. And I think the same goes for him, you mm-hmm. know? I just call him Bug and different yeah. variations of Bugsy, Tugsy, Wugsy. Tugsy is what we're calling him these days. But that's a very, like, affectionate nickname. Like, Rold is really... Um, more of a distinguished nickname. No, for sure. And for anyone who might be confused as to why his name is Rold, is because obviously his name is Harry. His, you know, birth name is Harrison, which honestly, like, I don't know Harrison. Like, who the fuck is Harrison? <laughs> like, obviously, when people got you gifts, they put Harrison on, like, a chair. I'm like, whose chair is that? I do not know Harrison. <laughs> but he was named for our grandfather, Harold. So more modern version. Um, but he was so much more of a Harold when I first met He's him. Su- he honestly is such a Harold. Like, is it too late to change? Like, his birth name should be Harold. I know, but I just didn't want to, like, send him to school with the name Harold. No, for so, sure. But I agree with all that you're saying. And I would also say if you are... Actually, never mind. Well, I was going to say, like, I feel... As though when parents are thinking of naming their kids, they're always thinking about like elementary school, how kids can be so mean. And it's a really good like thing to have in mind to filter out names. But there's so much more to life than middle school, you know? I agree. No, I totally agree with that. You really can't get too hung up on it. Right. But I mean, Harold is a very antiquated name. And I just wanted like a modern version of it. And I love the name. It was always going to be Harry. So it's really not like... It mattered as much. But let um, me tell but he you. wound like, up just being such a Harold. Right. And we also called him a lot in the beginning Haroldson. Because right, it was a right. mixture. A combo. But combo. you know, kids are unexpected. Because obviously you would think, okay, the kid whose name is like Gaylord would get, you know, nicknamed and, and all these things. But kids, like, you can't predict. Like, Ben has the most regular name. Ben Soffer. You know what the kids used like they came up with a nickname for that Ben Soccer. It was like oh, oh it's soccer like and it honestly sick plagued, burn it plagued Ben like when when we talk about it I could tell there's some deep trauma there. That's so and he just has random. a regular ass name like yeah you really can't you can't predict what's gonna get kids like made fun of. Yeah, for. all of these things go into naming a person, but there's not like you shouldn't do it just because of like middle school or whatever. You should right. go with the best name for for the man, but. Calling him Harold did lead to us calling him Rold. Rold. Which also is Roldini, which is a personal favorite of mine. Roldini, Roldini. <laughs> he thinks I'm crazy, but um, he like loves the chaos. He, no, he loves it. That's the sort of energy. He just wants entertainment. And there's literally no one more entertaining than you. 100%. 100%. Also, I'm just only saying this because I'm literally sinking into this couch. Tomorrow, finally... I get my buccal chair that you have. So we'll have matching chairs. This couch, I, you know, I definitely exceeded the weight limit fluctuating through the years. And she's served me well, but her time has come. And I'm excited. When, what about when we have guests? I think you're keeping the couch. No, I'm not. I'm not getting rid of it. I'm definitely keeping it. But for your um, solo endeavors, I think you're really going to love this chair. And if I have a guest here and you're not here and it's just like a one-on-one, which I think we plan on doing, you know, like you doing some interviews that you want to do me doing some interviews I'm I will, so ex- yeah I will be using your chair because mine like is broken the chair that you used to sit in is not nearly as sunk in as mine got it okay I love that for you uh yeah I'm excited because we are now that we're separated like you'll do some in-person interviews just like you did with TPG mm-hmm. that I can't be there for and if we're ever doing remote interviews like we're kind of going to start doing them solo which is something that I've been like itching to do for a while yeah because whenever anyone we get like a pitch one of us is always like fuck yes and the other one's like Meh, like I don't really care because we really do cover a wide range of interests between the two of us so I actually think it's probably going to be better. We've been, I've been getting asked a lot, like, what are you guys going to do about guests? Um, and some of them, if it's like a really big interview, I'm sure you'll fly up. Yes. But for, you know, the regular ones, I actually think it's going to be better. It's easier to do a one-on-one interview. And there's always one of us who's more interested in it than the other. Yeah. No, I'm so into it. Me too. We'll I'm, see I'm, how it goes. I think this is a good call by us. Yeah, we shall see. New era, you guys. New era. Um, so, yes, we have a new Patreon. I'm also um, on tour, girlwithnojob.com slash tour. Excited to be in the Pacific Northwest in a few weekends. Oh, you know what? I have a dilemma because I have a, an appointment with Dr. Geezy today. I'm so jealous. I know, but 
obviously I only go like maybe once or twice a year for like a little lip filler and some Botox, but I really like shouldn't be getting Botox while I'm on tour especially because I'm going to film a special at one of these remaining shows. And so much of my comedy is like physical, like my eye, like I need to be able to move my face. I think I have to say no to Botox. Yeah, just say no, because you probably still have some leftover. It's not like you're like me just raw dogging it through life right now. And you, I think better air on the side of caution. Plus like you have a young sprightly gorgeous fotch and you don't want to like do a special and it's like girl can't move her face and that's all anyone's talking about no I know but it's like okay I'm recording a special I want to look my best what do I do Botox but I honestly no, feel like part it would of impact the, the comedy right right it would impact the comedy it would impact the comedy no you have to say no but what about lip filler you know I love when you get lip filler oh no I'm definitely open to it even though I have to I have to sit down with her take, have her take a look she's really good about not making me look crazy um and the last time I did it which I don't know how long ago it was she gave me a new type of formula that lasts way longer and I still might have it in my lips and if that's the case then I don't think I should be getting more because I, I really am very conscious of not looking nuts you definitely have something in your lips because you don't look like that OG. girl that the girl that you used to look like. And thank God for that because <laughs> I'm about to destroy my phone with the app Time Hop. I really um I just cannot believe how many years I walked around looking the way that I did, like with no regard for my face, my looks, my clothing, my body. It's really it's astonishing. Like the morning breath was probably the ugliest year of my life, which is so crazy because it was such a great year for me personally, professionally. Like I got married that year. This is 2017. Um, and I just feel like it really goes to show like what you look like really doesn't matter, you know, even though now in hindsight, I'm like, ugh. but I was having all this wonderful success in my personal life. We got this brand new show, like all these great things were happening for me, even though I was like an ugly beast. Yeah. And I think that's the takeaway. Honestly, I'm just trying to be positive. I think that's a really good lesson. But you know what I've realized recently? I feel like up until recently, I would look back at old photos like where I was beastly and be like, you're a beast. Miranda Beastly. Yeah. But now maybe it's because like I'm a mom or maybe just because I'm a beast now. Mm -hmm. I look back at <laughs> even the, be the former beastly moments and I'm just like. You're so cute, you know? I know. Like, you have, like, a protectiveness over your younger self. Like, Yeah. I don't know if I it's I think that's which, normal. I don't know which, which one it is. If it's just because I'm bigger now than all those times where I thought I was big. Or if it's just because, like, I have mama eyes and it's like, you're a sweet young thing. Stop it's, being so hard on yourself. No, I think becoming a mom, like, definitely makes you realize, like, you know, the woman, you look back at those pictures, you can't hate that woman because that woman is a part of Rold being here today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all meant to happen. You were meant to be in the place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I just think, like, if you're not looking back on old photos and wanting to die immediately, like, you're not living the true human experience. No, and you're not growing. You're not. Mm -hmm. That would mean that you look the same then as right. now. And it's like, so we've learned nothing. We're learning yeah. nothing. And I just we're not, think we're not learning how to, you know, fill in our eyebrows in a way that we do like. That's not too much, but that yeah. is enough. I feel like there might be someone out there who's contemplating, you know, whether or not to get the mole removed. And this might be the sign that you need to get the mole removed. Like you won't regret it and it'll change your life. Yeah. Or the that's Botox. Pretty much, for me, that's pretty much always the takeaway. Yeah. Or Botox or fillers. If yeah. You, like if you want If you're on it. the fence, we've only had positive. positive experiences. But you know what? I actually know some people who have not. So do Kim, your research. she was allergic, remember? Right. Or it just the good thing about it is that it is all temporary. temporary. So if you don't like how it, it is for you, you don't have to do it again. But um, I love it and I miss it. And I'll be back soon. I'll and be this back. Is, this is not to say like everyone needs to get plastic surgery. No, I just think not like at all. normalize disliking things about yourself and not just having to accept them. You know, like you can change things like and it, if it'll make you feel better inside and you're doing it for yourself, like do it. Yes, but also normalize like nobody's perfect. Love yourself the way you of are. Course, it's of such course. a hard line to walk where it's like no, normalize, normalize self-improvement and self-acceptance. Oh, Jackie, what? that that's it. Because I strongly believe like in just loving who you are, like the person that you were born. But then I'm also like the second something arises about my body or my face or anything that I don't like removing it immediately, you know? Yeah. So I mean, how it's do you just like balance it's both. It's just like most things in life. It's somewhere in the middle. Layered. Layered. It's a little bit of both. Not yeah. everything is all one thing. Not everything is all one thing.
Yeah. I think that's a great lesson to get into today's episode with. I agree. So without further ado, do, 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 it is time for the Where Fast Where are you? Where are the boys? Theo's just busy as fuck. Like, honestly, yeah. no time for auntie, no time for mom, building his empire, going on walks, being sexy. It's, it's a tough life. Also, what's going on with the doggy crew now that Bryce is gone? Like, is it the same? Are they completely, forlorn? Completely disbanded. I have not what? seen Mystery. I have not seen Butters. I have not seen a single member of the gang since Bryce's departure. He was the glue. He was the glue. Literally, Bryce is Rascal Flats. Me and my gang. We live to walk. We walk to, to live. live. okay wow I mean I wasn't expecting that this morning but Bryce will be happy to know that he doesn't have to have FOMO nothing's going on without him right now without further ado here are the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast did we hit the crunch apparently yesterday we hit yesterday too oh there was rumors starting there was a lot of rumors starting I'm yesterday. I'm tired of rumors starting. I'm sick of being. We hit the crunch on our soundboard yesterday, and I never thought to like check on before I uploaded the audio that like it was there because it's always there, but it wasn't there. So I'll double check today. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought that. I thought we always hit, hit it. it. Got it. The soundboard so the people, is here at HQ. I'm sorry. And we hit so, it. So the people who said that it wasn't there, like they weren't lying. No, no, no. Got it. I thought for a second when you were like, we hit it. I was like, where are these rumors coming from? No, we physically hit it, but I don't believe it made it to the final cut. It might be because of the new way. Yeah, yeah. But I can always add it in in post. So um, I'm glad we know about this now. Obviously, you know, remote things, always in flux, always getting better. I mean, my chair arrives tomorrow after tomorrow's episode, which is so annoying. But um, constantly evolving, constantly shifting, working on it constantly. Love it. Okay, now let's get into. I'm ready. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Ink Master. Ink Master returns September 7th with a new season and a new home on Paramount Plus. Beloved legendary artists return to shop the return to the shop to battle it out, facing some of the most exciting and epic challenges seen in the history of the competition, all for the biggest grand prize yet, $250,000 and the champion title of Ink Master. In the new season, Joel Madden, heart eyes, is joined by judges Nico Hurtado, Ami James, and Ryan Ashley, and guest star Dave Navarro as the master of chaos. Witness some of the most memorable flash challenges in the show's history, amped to extreme, even seemingly impossible levels. Unforgettable elimination tattoos that challenge previous artists will be twisted in a new way that'll force competitors to push their skills to the limit in an ultimate battle like no season before. Just when you think the competition has been narrowed to the best of the best, the race to the title will be elevated to a never-before-seen level when four crowned ink masters enter the competition. Legends will battle it out to prove that they are the masters of not only the basics, but of all the high-level skills that set an ink master apart. Composition, precision, color theory, finesse, stamina, endurance. The new season of Ink Masters is streaming September 7th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it for free. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. It is already that time, y'all. Like, don't get it twisted. Don't let it just flash in front of your eyes. If you haven't started preparing for the chaos of the holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Stamps.com has everything you need, luckily, to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. There's no lines, no traffic, and absolutely no hassle. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all of your shipping and mailing needs. You can get access to USPS and UPS services, Anything you need to run your business right from your computer. With inflation on the rise, every dollar counts, so protect your margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code TOAST for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. There's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code TOAST. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Our first story, a little lovely news. Jennifer Lopez serenaded Ben Affleck at their Georgia wedding with a new song. 
Past the mic, the bride is ready to sing. In a video obtained by TMZ, J-Lo was shown singing a never-before-heard song for her new husband, Ben Affleck, at their Georgia wedding celebrations last weekend. In the clip, the actress and singer croons directly to Affleck, who was seated in a chair directly across from her, smiling and enjoying the performance, <laughs> before holding the mic out to the crowd to have them join in on the catchy refrain, which was, can't get enough. The lyrics go, all night, I can feel the passion in your eyes. I'm still in love with you. She sang as she was surrounded by backup dancers. Now, before I get your thoughts on all of this, I just want you also to know that JLo has slammed this leaked video of her serenading Ben at the wedding. She right, it wasn't on, a JLo approved video that they put out on, it on didn't the come out. No, it didn't come out through the newsletter. It was taken by a guest and then leaked and sold to TMZ. So she commented on an Instagram video saying, this was taken without permission, period. And whoever did it took advantage of our private moment. I don't know where you all are getting it from because we had NDAs and asked everyone to not share anything from our wedding. That is our choice to share. Anything I put out is private on the JLo and it's to share with my fans which I will do when I am ready to. This was stolen without our consent and sold for money. Thank you for caring. I love you guys. Okay, so it sounds like she's more upset that she didn't get the exclusive or on the JLo.com than she is about the fact that it's a huge invasion of privacy. And I do agree with her, like, that she should be mad. If The point of having, like, a really small, low-key wedding like that when you're a celebrity is that shit doesn't get leaked. And so that means that either, you know, someone they invited, friends and family, leaked it or someone who was working at the event because those are the only people who would be inside. Yeah. And that's fucked up. It is fucked up. I feel like someone who was a guest, I'm sure guests could take pictures and videos, but just like not share anything. Maybe someone like took a video and then like went home and their like kids saw it on their phone and like send it to themselves and then, you know, sold it to I mean, TMZ. You're being really optimistic. I just don't think one of her 100 close personal friends who like got the invite is selling. Like that would be so traitorous. It's fucked up. Yeah. It really it's, is. It's a betrayal. But that doesn't sound like the reason as to why she's upset over it. Like, she's missing out on the engagement, the likes. Yeah, and the subscribers. And it, we are right. doing it all for on the J-Lo. Right. But let's talk about the actual contents of the video. Right. Because, because you have, have been, strong feelings on this concept. I do. And I actually think I'm going to really surprise you. So, um... She's getting roasted. People are like, this is so cringy. Um, and there's definitely an element of cringe to it. And for the most part, like, I think it's really touch and go when the bride or the groom is going to sing or dance, like whatever their, you know, talent is. I think it's more often than not going to be weird. I happen to think that, like, this video was really cute. I mean, she's J-Lo, for God's sakes. Like, why, who, why get a performer to perform at your wedding when literally J-Lo is the bride? And like we said a couple weeks ago, like, they're extremely chuggy. And this is a really chuggy thing to do. It's very live, laugh, love. I think it's really on brand for them. And I kind of found myself, like, finding it really cute. Actually, not finding it, like, incredibly cringy. It was definitely cringy a little, but that's them. Yeah, I also think what makes it cuter is the fact that like she didn't share that she was doing this there's not like mm -hmm. or maybe she was going to but the way that we're finding out about it is like they really intended for it to be a private sweet moment it wasn't like her like putting out a new song with like the music video from her wedding on the J. like it wasn't yeah. a whole machine maybe that was the plan though so um, you know it was stymied but mm -hmm. the way that we're seeing it it seems very genuine and sweet and I agree like J-Lo is getting married who else are you gonna have performing right. your wedding an original song like it, it's very it's cute. It's cute. And they're just so, she's such a romantic, you know? Right. Almost in a chuggy way. Yeah. And I'm never going to, I'm never going to knock that. No. And it wasn't like this big stage with tons of backup singers, dancers. It was literally J-Lo on the dance floor, him sitting in a chair right in front of her and like three backup dancers. Like it was kind of low key. And I don't know, I wasn't bothered by it, but people like on the internet were just like dying over like the cringe factor. And I do think something like that when done at a wedding always has the possibility to be cringy and more often than not it does. But on this particular occasion, I actually found it cute. And I also feel like there are certain people who when they get married, like they should be singing at their wedding, you know? Right. Like who is Andrea Bocelli gonna you know, sing down the aisle to if not himself? Right. You know, even I know you have... Harsh feelings, Michael Buble should be singing at his own wedding. The way Michael Buble's image in my mind never recovered from that Instagram live with his wife is so astonishing to me because you know I forget everything. And I actually, like, I've been to a Michael Buble concert at Barclays Center with Ben. Like, I actually am, like, a big fan. Um, 
and the way I was never able to look at him the same. I don't know whether it was a, you know, a one-time thing or it was really just, you know, a bad look and that's not how he really is. But I saw something in him in that Instagram live. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. Like, I, like, do not fuck with Michael Buble whatsoever. Yeah. He has a new song out, though, that's really good. And that's why I feel like if he sang himself down the aisle at his own wedding, I would be like, oh, you would hate egotist, it. egotist, of like, course. because I saw like a really like dark side of him in that Instagram live. I know. So that's not a good example. But like, let me like Adele, like I was that's what I was going to say. Yeah. If Adele's getting married, she should be singing. Someone like you. And I definitely um, have regrets about not singing myself down the aisle at my wedding. Um but not down like, the not down the aisle. No, I literally instead of a bouquet, give me a microphone. So you have regrets that I didn't sing you down the aisle with my rendition no. of Camp Help Falling in Love? But the thing is, we both had modern Orthodox weddings and Kolisha is a real thing. So actually you can't sing in front of a rabbi. And that's why I personally didn't sing. Right, that's why. That was the only reason. Otherwise, only it would have been a no-brainer. No brainer. But I did think it was extremely, and I feel like I've said this to you before, but it's worth mentioning again. I do feel as though it was extremely gracious and extremely generous. And really, honestly, I'm not even being sarcastic, is indicative of the type of person you are, like in, in a positive way, that you let me sing at your wedding reception. Because, first of all, like, you know me, had to find a way to make it about myself. And, like, you just handed me the opportunity right on a platter. You let me sing. Probably the song I'm best at singing of the, like my top five in my repertoire, coming home from Country Strong, and it was so meaningful. But it was also like, she gets me, you know. She gets me. She really gets me. You know, I actually forgot in this conversation that you sang at my wedding. Right, not in the ceremony, in the uh, reception. But I just think like that's something most. I don't think most brides would do. And by the way, you know what it reminds me of? Like when brides throw their bouquet, but instead of throwing it, they go up to like a bridesmaid and hand it over. And the bridesmaid turns around and their boyfriend is on one knee, which is like fucking psychotic. Oh my God, I just got chills. I didn't know that's what people do. Oh my God. So it's like a trend. You know, videos from weddings always go viral on the internet. And there's this thing where like at the end of one girl's wedding, she'll toss the bouquet and it's like, oh, the next girl who's going to get married. Let's see. But instead of tossing it, she just walks right over to like her maid of honor and gives it to her. And the maid of honor is like, what? And then they turn her around and her, the maid of honor's boyfriend is on one knee. That's so, so it's like the official. Cute. And people in the comments, like people on the internet think it's fucking psychotic. Like this is your day. You paid so much money. These are your friends and family. And like, you're going to let some other girl make it about herself honestly all the brides who have done that are bigger women than me I could never yeah I would never um I would never be either of the people in those that situation but I had never heard of this and I actually think if not overdone and in the right circumstance and at the right time in the wedding like literally at, at last call yeah I think it's cute yeah, but it's giving Sheena and Brock, like using someone else's yes. wedding budget for your engagement budget. Like, I don't like it. It's tacky. Yes, but like if it's your maid of honor and it's, you know, Sheena and Brock, it's like these people are coworkers and we know that they're close friends, but right. it's like you're glomming onto James and Markel. Like, what? Where's your family? Yeah. Where's your friends? Like if it was someone who's like their family friends are there, this girl, you know, she's all dressed up for the wedding. Like it's it's kind of sweet. If it's the bride's sister. if Yeah, if it's like you. Speaking of Sheena and Brock, there's been a lot of footage coming out at their wedding and it was beautiful, like really, really gorgeous. I know, I was telling you. That dream hotel in Mexico, great advertising because they did a bang up job. Yeah, it was, did you see their first dance? Yeah, it was really cute. I wonder if Sheena sang at this wedding. Oh, good as gold, I hope so. Because I, we're good as gold. I gotta add that to my playlist. Yeah, so... JLo saying herself, not down the aisle. There's a difference between down the aisle and performing at your wedding for your man. Yeah, um, agreed. And we approve this message. We approve. We do. Shockingly. Shockingly. Yeah. Great. I'm glad that we fleshed that out. Me too. I feel good. Are you ready for our next story? Mm, yep. Demi Lovato regrets making her documentaries. She says, I wish I would have waited. Yep. Demi Lovato won't be gracing the small screen anytime soon. The singer who uses she, they pronouns revealed in an interview with Alternative Press that she doesn't. I like how page six put that in there so they didn't get like hate for using the wrong pronouns because Demi recently went 
and changed her pronouns from they them to she they so she prefers she doesn't care like if you're gonna do she or they so yeah. like to ward off any backlash they put that sentence in there yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't plan on making any more documentaries about her life. Quote, honestly, I'm really sick of watching myself and I think other people are too. And if they aren't, they can watch my music videos. Over the past decade, she has released three different documentaries outlining her struggles with addiction and its impact on her career. Quote, I wish I would have waited until I had my shit figured out more because now it's cemented. Sobriety is what works for me and nothing else. Her most recent recent documentary, Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, detailed her near-fatal drug overdose in 2018. Following the incident, she revealed that she was California sober, meaning she still smoked weed and drank alcohol in moderation. However, a year later... She gave up substances completely and went into treatment. However, her dislike for documentaries doesn't mean she wants to share, stop her, sharing her story with fans. She's just planning on waiting until she's figured out what she wants. She said, quote, my story is not done, so I want to be able to say by the time I've written a book, okay, this is me grown up. Yeah, I mean, I agree with her point, but I think her saying, you know, I think people are sick of hearing from me. I don't think that's why she needs to stop making documentaries. I don't, and I don't think we're sick of her documentaries. No, I think, right, that's not, that's not it. It just seems really confusing and inauthentic for every couple of years to release a documentary and be like, forget what I said in the previous one. This is how I feel and this is who I am. So it's like, what do we watch the other one for? Yeah, I agree. I think that documentaries are often like memoirs where it's like, figure out what exactly that you want to say that like even though you will continue to grow and change over the years that you will not negate what you said in all of that but just like that was your truth up until that point so I feel like with her documentaries in them she wasn't always completely honest with herself and therefore honest with us so it's like right they no longer are relevant and not even yes. the California sober thing but I feel like even her first documentary she was talking about you know her struggles as if they were over but even right. then we find out in the next documentary that she was like between takes engaging right. in some of the behavior that she was talking about as if it was in the past so there's no pressure for anyone especially people who are struggling to do these documentaries like we will hear from you when you're good and ready and like if that's when you're 50 years old like then there will still be your audience is there like don't be doing these things for us when you need to heal first and I think it's just become really trendy to do celebrity documentaries, no matter how long you've been famous for or no matter how old you are. And I do feel like documentaries should be reserved for, you know, and when it comes to celebrities, people who have been in the business a really, really long time. Um, like, I think one of the better documentaries I've seen recently was the Shania Twain one. And it's like, it was her journey at a glance. Her, her career's not over, but what she had to say like now was the time and it's like Taylor Swift's first documentary was like literally 15 years after she got famous like I think you need to wait a certain amount of time like I think she, and I always use this example like I think Shawn Mendes's documentary was one of the worst pieces of content I've ever seen in I my was life. just about to say like Shawn Mendes doesn't need a documentary no it had only been like six years since he got famous from Vine and it was just it was not good. And the whole documentary was about Camilla when they literally broke up six months later. So then it invalidates. It's like, oh, irrelevant. We don't care. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for That's people. not to say, though, that your life can't change as a celebrity after you release a documentary. That's not no. what I'm saying. No, I don't think that's what you were saying. I think there's a lot of pressure for people to do documentaries. I think there's a lot of interest in documentaries on all different subjects. Mm -hmm. And these streaming services are constantly looking for content. And they're just yes. like giving out documentaries but one I think a lot of times they're premature and two I think it can be really invasive for people who are not ready but like who's going to turn down an opportunity money, to yeah. share not even the money but to like someone comes to you and says like and especially if someone you know a celebrity who's maybe struggling with something and wanting to share and it's a really good medium to tell your story but it's not always the right time so I think it can be really attractive to do a documentary because you feel like it's the perfect forum to mm -hmm. talk about what you're going through but I think it also puts a lot of pressure on you to be healed and have it all figured out right and then you don't Okay, so premature is the perfect word to use for it. Also, I think another really good example of someone who waited an extremely long time is Paris Hilton's documentary that was on YouTube recently. One, it totally changed how I think a lot of people saw her. I think they ended up having a lot of respect for her hustle and her business acumen and her brain. And, you know, she's in her 40s now. We've known her since she was 17. I think it was a really good documentary and the time was right. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm just like thinking about documentaries in general. Or if the documentary is going to document, you know, a milestone. Halftime by J-Lo. Five Foot Two, Lady Gaga. Yep. Both of those documentaries were like, here's the process. This isn't my whole life story. This isn't my, my E-True Hollywood story because the story is not even right. close to this over. This is the six months I spent preparing for the Super Bowl. Also, Katy Perry. That yeah. was a good one because it wasn't, you know, here's who I am and what I know. Here is, you know, me being on a historically large tour, you know, being the first woman to do so many things. And, you know, at the same time, my personal life. Like, it was a moment in time, not like, this is who I am. I also think with Demi, this feeling of, like, she's constantly acting as if, like, the story's over. It's not mm-hmm. just in the documentaries. Like, it's in her music. It's in her interviews. It's in her song lyrics. It's everything. And... That's something that I feel like maybe she feels the need like she has to constantly be saying like, okay, now I have it figured out, but she needs to release herself from that. And it's does it's not just the documentaries. I totally agree. Like her overall vibe and it's, and is Miley, very much. And Miley too. That's what I was going to say. But Miley's is less serious in the sense that like, I think Miley just struggles identity wise when it comes to her music, not who she is as a person. Like I think... Miley probably has a strong sense of self, but when it comes to her music, it's like every couple of years she'll go to a different genre and be like, this is what I've always wanted to do. It's like, well, you said that last time. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I do feel like the rock era she recently entered into is actually the genre she, and that's actually just indicative of her talent because when she released Malibu and that whole album, I'm like, this is the real Miley. Yeah. Because she's really good at what she does no matter the genre. I agree. And then and now I wonder if like, there is a correlation between them being child stars Disney. and not just Disney, but just child stars and like having to one, like figure themselves out in the spotlight mm-hmm. and then having to constantly prove that I figured myself out. Um, yep. And just, you know, like that's what most people go through privately. But I think a lot of people arrive maybe at that conclusion sooner because they don't have all these external factors. Yes. And, you know, kids who get famous really young are a lot of the time stunted at the age that they got famous at. So perhaps, you know, Demi Lovato, who I think is almost 30, is having these, you know, revelations when other people her age had them maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. So no more documentaries from Demi for now. I think that's probably, you know, for the best for everyone. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? If it's the next story that's brought to you by the Clinique, even better, Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter. Yes. It is? What a coincidence. I know. I just knew. We're so simpatico. If you have dark spots, it can often feel like a vicious cycle. As soon as one fades, another pops up. Break the cycle with the Clinique, even better, clinical dark spot interrupter. This powerful serum works on melanin-rich to fair skin, and it helps visibly correct dark spots, such as acne marks, while protecting from future discoloration. So 94% of people demonstrated an improvement in radiance and visible skin tone, including acne marks, in just eight weeks. You can see a 39% visible reduction in dark spots in up to 12 weeks. So um, if you're looking for skincare that targets dark spots and you've struggled with dark spots, you know how annoying they are and how difficult they are to get rid of and also prevent. And Clinique is a brand that you can trust. I'm sure you guys have used their products. I've used Clinique for a while. I happen to love their foundation. Um, So they make really good beauty products, great skin products, and they're a brand that you can trust. And I'm someone who struggles with dark spots and I love the Clinique Even Better Dark Spot Interrupter. It's free of oil, denaturated alcohol, sulfates, parabens, phthalates, fragrance. It's also oil-free, it's non-acnegenic, and it's fast-absorbing, absorbing, and it is dermatologist-developed, so you know that the right hands were involved. You can get the even better Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter today. At, uh, it's available at Clinique.com. Clinique is spelled C-L-I-N-I-Q-U-E. Clinique.com for the even better Clinical Dark Spot Interrupter. Great, thank you. Our next story, Irina Shayk poses with ex Bradley Cooper on a tropical vacation getaway in a rare Instagram photo. Irina Shayk and ex Bradley Cooper are having fun in the sun. On Sunday, the supermodel uploaded a post on Instagram featuring various photographs of herself on a tropical getaway with Bradley Cooper. Some of them she can be seen wearing a floral bikini and mesh leggings while resting her head on the actor's shoulder. In other images, she's posing beside some pigs on a beach and she's lying in the center of a heart drawn in the sand. Now, people are saying, you know, this is co-parenting at its finest. They're obviously Mm -hmm. on a trip with their daughter, Leah. Um, But these, like... I'm sorry. This just looks like a romantic trip 
that they're on. Yeah. I don't think like even the best of co-parents would go on like a trip, the three of them to no. a romantic island. And post, no, maybe, maybe the best of co-parents would, but post these pictures, like they're staring us in the face. Like these are couple pictures. Yeah. No, I definitely She's think in that a they're heart. back together. Who drew the yeah. heart? And what does the right. heart signify? And it wasn't Leah, the kid drawing the heart. So no. And it's like, if they weren't romantically involved at all, she wouldn't post this carousel. Yeah. Unless, like, she's trying to make it seem like they are. But I don't know her. I just don't think that she would. I think that they're telling us that they're together. And why is everyone like, oh, here's a romantic picture of the two of them on a romantic vacation. It's like, co-parents. Yeah, like, what What aren't people seeing? I agree. I think this is pretty much like a confirmation that they're back together. And, you know, since they have a kid together, like, I love that. You know, I think that's, you know children of divorce's dream you know like mommy and daddy are getting back together it's wonderful but just as you know like a celebrity obsessed girly I do not ship these two like whatsoever I think they're hella toxic I didn't really ship them either but I'm shipping these photos and I, and if they really you know did separate and come back together like I love that story for them so I'm shipping from here on out yeah the vibe that I've always gotten from these I know two, Wimbledon when- we know I actually was not going to say Wimbledon. Really? But those pictures of them from Wimbledon are one of my favorite things about this job. Like just the fact that I get to talk about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Relatable. The vibe that I've (laughs) always gotten from their relationship was that she was like so much more into him than he was into her. Um, And I think that's like really not, a, you know, a... If it's true, I don't think that's like like a a sign of a healthy relationship. And if anybody in a relationship is going to like the other more in a hetero relationship, like it has to be the man, sorry, in order for things to work. Yes. Okay. So with that, looking at these pictures again, it could be more of what you're saying where it's like, first of all, in the picture of the two of them, like if I'm just looking at body language, like his arms are just like down. I feel like and yeah. also, he's been rumored to be seeing Huma Abedin. So if, like, he has a girlfriend. Oh, right. If he has a girlfriend and, like, he knows Irina's, like, going to try and, like, make it seem like something. Like, his arms are down. He's kind of stiff. It could yeah, be yeah, because right. he was, like, giving water to the pigs. I also feel like he doesn't like photos. Do you know yeah, what I mean? No, but, like, now through the lens of, like, she likes him more, like, she's trying to look like, yeah, we're together. Haha. <laughs> and by the and way, I have no proof of that it's just a vibe that I've always felt and it was really highlighted with the Lady Gaga stuff um because she just looked honestly like pathetic they made her look dumb and if I were her I would never fucking forgive him for that yeah they did they did they made her look stupid at the Oscars like his date he's googling eyed you know Lady Gaga giving her a hug and a kiss and she's just sitting there um so that's just always how I felt. Like, she is so desperate to be in a relationship with him, and he, like, couldn't be bothered to give a shit. And I have no proof of that. Like, that's just the vibe that I get. Yeah, well, through that lens, these pictures tell a different story. And who drew who drew the heart? She did. Irina. Who took the picture? Self-timer. Irina. <laughs> she brought her tripod. So that's just how I feel. So I'm not, like, dying for these two to get back together. I will say, though, I was appreciative to Irina because I don't feel like we get very, like, many candid shots of Bradley Cooper. He's, like, very private. And we certainly don't get shirtless ones. And he looks so hot. He does. And he is just, like, beyond handsome. And the other day, I actually went on a Bradley Cooper totally random. I saw a clip on TikTok. You know, I'm always seeing, like, them show. Oh, I'm so annoyed. But I just remembered something. What? And I, okay, I could not sleep last night because right before bed, I, so what I was going to say before that reminded me is I'm always ending up on TikTok where like they'll show you a random movie and like they'll explain to you the whole plot in like 60 seconds and it makes you want to see the movie even though you already know what happened. And so I saw one from American Sniper and that sent me on a rabbit hole, just like Googling pictures of Bradley Cooper when he was, you know, dressed up and in character as Chris Kyle because he was so fucking hot and ripped. So fucking hot. But yesterday before bed, I saw a clip, 60 seconds, and I couldn't peel my eyes away once I had seen it. And I've always heard, always heard about the human centipede. And people are like, it's so disgusting. Like, don't ever look it up. And I never looked it up. What is that? And if I had, it's a movie. Okay. And if I had to have guessed what it was, it was, I thought like they were, you know, taking people and like removing their limbs and like sewing them to other people. And they create like a chain of humans. 
Because I knew it was a chain of humans. Yeah, but I thought it's just like people wrapping their arms around each other. But I didn't even know it's a movie. But when, if you said a human centipede, I would say, think it was like a hundred people just holding each other in a line. Right. It's just a connection. It's like a long chain of people being connected. And I thought people were like, it's so gross. I'm like, oh, I'm sure they were like stapling body parts. That's really what I thought human centipede was. And I never bothered to look into it. I've never thought what about I, it. What I found out that the human centipede was last night. Please don't. I'm not going to say me. it. Okay. I'm not. And if you don't know what it is, like, I really encourage you. Like, this is not something you want to be curious about. Like, it will ruin your life. Um, oh, my God. I couldn't sleep. I'm going to vomit. It was a movie? Is this a real thing? I don't know the backstory. I just know it's a movie. And you it's just, look like, it up? a gory movie with a gory concept? It's not gory. It's so disgusting. It's very similar in a sense to the feeling that you get from Black Mirror Pig Prime Minister episode. Okay. Okay, so it's a it's a disturbing movie with a disturbing, disturbing plot about this warden of a prison who does something so disturbing to all the prisoners. Is Bradley Cooper in it? No, but I saw a clip on TikTok from the same account that I saw the American Sniper one Who's on. Who's in it? it? Just I don't know. It's not about who's in it, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if the human centipede was like a concept biblically that turned into a movie. I don't know what the origins is, but I know there's a movie and I know there's a thing like the human centipede. I don't know where it comes from, but I finally found out what it was. Okay. I have no desire to know. No, Jackie, protect your heart. I'm going to. Do not... And if you're watching on YouTube, do not write it in the comments, like for real. Like if you don't know what it is, protect other people. I hope nobody ever has to find out what it was. I wish I, I wish it was what I thought it was, which was just like, you know, murderers like putting shoulders on butt cheeks. I don't know. Okay. I never thought about this, honestly. I don't even really. I'm so sorry to have changed the tone. I just forgot that I was literally, it was a night full of terror for me. Okay. Okay, let's just move on. So do you think Irina Shayk and Bradley Cooper are back together? After everything we've discussed? No. Me neither anymore. Now I know why everyone's just like, go parents. Right. No, I don't think so. Those arms tell a different story. Yeah, the body language. And I think that if they actually were romantically involved, Bradley wouldn't want that shit posted. He's never been public about his life. But, you know showing the world but, healthy co-parenting that's probably something he, he wouldn't mind yes posting. and if Irina is not his girlfriend like he can't tell her what to post not even if she was his girlfriend that she could he could tell her what to post but she would want to be mindful of what he wants because you're in a relationship and you don't want to start a fight 100% what you just said 100% 100% Irina went rogue Irina went rogue <laughs> Iroga <laughs> okay I'm glad we got to the bottom of that they're not back together Ships back to port. Back to port. I read like when he dated so who? Suki Waterhouse. Oh yeah. Like if I could come back in this life as anyone, it would be Suki Waterhouse so I could date Bradley Cooper and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and you'd be in some really good movies too. What is she in? She's in like everything. She was in something we just watched, that Woody Allen movie. She was in Rainy day in she New York. Was? Yeah, she was the girlfriend who comes back. She's always like the girlfriend who's out of town who comes back. Totally. And so it's like she only has to do like one day on set. She's in the credits. She's at the film festival. She's on the red carpet. But Jackie, you know, totally. She's just his girlfriend in the movie. I don't even remember. Remember when Elle Fanning is with that director? Yeah. She goes yep. to his apartment. Yep, 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 and then yep, he yep, like yep. shoves her out the door. Mm-hmm. She's also in, she's in something that we love. Sorry, I'm just, I'm going to her IMDb. She's like. She's just one of those girls who I feel like was born under a lucky star. Again, I know nothing about her or her life. Just that's the way it seems. Like she literally like released a song, even though I don't think she has any experience. And like the song went so viral on TikTok. Like the type of virality artists only dream of. The skyline falls and I try to make sense of it all. Yeah. Wait, why isn't she in anything else that I've seen? You think we're the same? 
if you guys like know that song from TikTok, you would die if you found out. Oh, if she's you didn't know that she, Suki Waterhouse sings it. She's going to be in Daisy Jones and the Six, which I know you didn't love the book, but there's a series coming out of it. And now that we're Elvis girlies, Elvis's granddaughter is playing Daisy Jones, Riley Keough, which I knew that when the news broke, but now I didn't have like a care so much about Elvis. So Elvis's granddaughter, Lisa Marie, had a baby with who? Um, she's had, I think she has four kids that are half siblings. And Riley Keough, I don't know who Riley's father is. Interessant. Very interesting. And Suki Waterhouse is playing Karen, who I think is the, the female drummer in the band. Oh, yeah. She was, honestly, um, she was cool. I like the drummer. Yeah. Low key, you know? I think it will be a very good TV show. It was, a, I liked the book, but you I think so too. You've made I did me not hate like it. the book. I did not like the book. And there were a lot of people who agreed with me. And a lot of people said that the audiobook was amazing. So I think, you know, book, audiobook, TV show like it, it might be the type of story that needs to be told visually if it's so much better audibly with different people it was like a play yeah I heard the audiobook was yes okay our next story Chris Rock says he was asked to host the 2023 Oscars and his response would a no for Chris Rock, returning to the 2023 Oscars would be like returning to the scene of a crime. The comedian told a Phoenix comedy show audience on Sunday that he was asked to MC next year's event, but declined the opportunity. According to the Arizona Republic, the star told the crowd that going back to the Oscars would be like asking Nicole Brown Simpson to go back to the restaurant where she left her eyeglasses before she was killed, in a reference to the murder trial of O.J. Simpson, who was acquitted in the case. He rejected oh. hosting duties. Um, his rejected hosting duties would have come a year after Will Smith slapped him at the Academy Awards. Okay, that Nicole Brown joke was like hella unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Like it's a joke. So you, by the way, huh? do you know that the Nicole Brown, when she left her sunglasses at the restaurant and then Ron Goldman came, you know, the restaurant was Craig's? No. I feel, yeah, it was. And I feel like everyone knows that, but they don't really put together that it's also like currently still celeb hotspot Craig's. Got it. Well, I you mean, think of that a restaurant like that, like it wouldn't survive a, a, a scandal like that. They didn't do anything. No, I know, but... Why should Craig suffer? Totally, a local business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it's the same as that, but it's a joke, so... No, it's a joke. Um, I don't know who thought it would be a good idea to ask him. I love that Chris Rock said no, and I don't know what his reasonings were, but mine would be like, I literally got slapped. You didn't even kick this man out. Yeah. Uh, why the fuck would I work with you and like give you the ratings? Because of course everyone would tune in, see what he said. It would be like a big moment. And why the fuck would Chris Rock do that for the Academy when the Academy like was just being carried pussies? on with the show and then gave him an Oscar, right? right. And, and let, let him, him speak. and like, let him speak. Um, yeah, yeah. I understand I don't why think Chris they Rock asked feels him. The Academy has his best interest. No, I understand why they asked him. Like it would be amazing, and that's really all everyone was talking about from last year. And whenever there's mm -hmm. a moment that everyone's talking about, or even like a host or a presenter, then you know they try and capitalize it on it for the next year. It would be great television if he hosted the Oscars because now you can't really talk about the Oscars without like just thinking of Will Smith and Chris the Rock, the slap. But yeah, um, decline. It's also a thankless job, and even if the right, slap hadn't happened, like a lot of people don't want to do it. And so you end up like always getting like backlash or people saying you didn't do a good job. It's a thankless fucking job. Yep. It's hard work. And Chris Rock doesn't need the work. Like he's literally one of the best selling comedians of all time. Like he's just fine. Yeah. So I think it was a no on all fronts. Um, I wonder who will host. But it's like, I, I don't know what the reasoning is why Kevin Hart has never done it since, you know, that whole thing. Is it that he hasn't been asked or he's just he, over it? He was asked, I think. I think he's over it. And I think he was, I don't know if pissed is the right word, but I think the piss was like taken out of it for him. And the fun was, you know, it's just like. For sure. It was his dream. Then it became just like this whole thing. And it just, I think he moved on. But, you know, and another great example for a celebrity documentary that was done well was the Kevin Hart one. It wasn't, you know, Kevin Hart was born in New York. It was the the year after the Oscars thing, like the journey he went on, what he learned, et cetera. And in the documentary, he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, it didn't seem like he was pissed at all. It seemed like he was like groveling almost. Like he was so apologetic. Right, right. For something he literally said 15 years ago. I actually never um, watched the documentary, so I'm still like, I only know... 
Right. So in the documentary, his tune completely changed then, you know, when he wouldn't apologize when it was announced, um, he was like, I've apologized a million times. Like, I'm not going to let this keep following me. He was very, you know, strong in his stance. And a year later, or maybe a year and a half later, when that documentary came out, his stance was completely different. He's like, I understand why I hurt people. So that kind of defiance he had was gone. And I don't know if that was just something he was saying so that he could move on from it press-wise, or if that's how he genuinely felt. But I felt like he was already moved on. Like, he's the one who went back. Yes. So I don't know if he wants to do it or not, honestly, but he would be great. Even though, like, I don't think it's really a job worth getting. No, I don't think so either. And they can try as they may. Just give it to Ricky Gervais. Yeah. He's really the only person that does a good job. Yeah, I would. And that's not to say other people aren't talented, but it's a very specific job that not everyone is cut out for. You have to be ballsy as fuck and not a part of like the Hollywood core, like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden. Like they're never going to really say something outlandish because they're a part of the problem. Like they're part of like the Hollywood elite. Whereas like, what the fuck does Ricky Gervais care? He lives in London. Give it to Andrew Schultz. (laughs) Right. Like somebody on the total outs to really be able to poke fun at like the elephant in the room, which is like, this is so dumb. Yeah. It's got to yeah, be like a somebody, podcaster. I would love They're Colin. the only ones with the courage. A hundred percent. And I'm not saying like you were, I really like the. the no, we're not suggesting the, ourselves. Honestly, comedic, I don't want it. No, like, no, I don't, don't want it either. But I want to see some of my favorite comedic podcasters out there roasting. Yeah. Roasting like Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. That was my nomination last year. I wasn't. Yeah, when we had this conversation last year and we decided it needs to be a podcaster, we were talking like Bill Burr, mm-hmm. Tim Dillon. We just watched Andrew Schultz's special. He was, it was great. really dark. It was wild. It I, was wild, honestly. It like, was a wild ride. It was so funny, though. And, you know, part of the reason I was interested in watching it was because there was like this big scandal with him where Netflix bought his special and they had requested he take out so many jokes that for the sake of his art, he didn't want to do it anymore. And he bought back his special. I'm sure that put him honestly in enormous debt. So I wanted to see like what was too crazy for Netflix. And I assumed it was too offensive in terms of like not politically correct enough um, too crass too you know, out there. But I think... The reason why it was pulled from Netflix, which I was shocked by, was it was too dirty. Like, it was really sexual. And that's not what I was anticipating. I was ready to hear him say some, like, crazy controversial There was you know, There thoughts. was all of that. Yeah. But it was also really dirty. It was... Sexual. I don't... The way that we were able to watch it, I don't... Because it's kind of hard to find because it's like a... Yeah, it's this... It's a, like a... It's a service that you can purchase on, on a website... But then, like, once you get it, you have to airdrop, like, airplay it to your... We airplayed it from our iPad to a TV. It's not a... wasn't a premium experience. No, it, the watching it was premium, but I feel like trying to go and find it was hard. But maybe that's just because we were unfamiliar with the platform. But anyways, it was really... It was a wild ride. It was wild, honestly. Yeah, it was funny, though. So Don't watch it with, like, literally anyone you respect. No, yeah, don't watch it with your parents. No, do not watch it with your parents. Watch it with, like, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that. Yeah, that's what we did. It or was- by yourself. Yeah, it was funny though. It was funny, but like I definitely felt like a little awkward. Like your husband sat in for like 30 minutes and I was like, please leave. (laughs) Well, Ben was there the whole time. Yeah, no, I know. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Is it the fifth and final story that's brought to you by Honey, Honey? You got so honey, baby. Honey. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites. For me, I buy clothing, electronics, food. I buy so many things online. And Honey works with so many of the websites that I frequently shop out. So you go to checkout. Honey button appears. All you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds. Honey will search the internet for coupons. It can find. And if they find a working one, you'll just watch the price drop. It takes two seconds out of your life. It saves you a ton of money. I've saved literally thousands of dollars over the last three or four years that I've been using Honey. 
And now it doesn't just work on your desktop, it also works on your iPhone. Just activate it on Safari and you will save while you're on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you are straight up missing out. By getting it, you're doing yourself a solid. We would never recommend something we don't use and you can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com toast. That's joinhoney.com slash toast. Our fifth and final story, a little Housewives news. Lisa Rinna has archived her post about supporting Garcelle's son. She said, quote, it did nothing. So... Rinna posted to her Instagram um, a screenshot of messages with a fan who asked why her post, she had posted the Bravo statement. A lot of other housewives had posted it too about- From different franchises. Right. She uh, reposted it like, you know, in defense of Garcelle's son. And then she was asked what happened to the statement on her Instagram. And this was her reply. I archived it, that's all. I've been keeping my social media page very edited, if you notice. I'm keeping it very positive, non-negative, and fashion and fun. I don't want anything negative on my grid, and since my own children are being threatened as we speak, I felt it best to archive it. The statement did nothing, so why keep it up? Our children are getting death threats, all of our children. It's gone beyond, and I need to keep my family safe now. I will no longer be saying or posting anything about the show. Okay, like I get what she's saying. It definitely has gone beyond. And I'm sure that everyone's kids are getting harassed. I don't think to the level that Garcelle's kids were getting harassed. One, because Garcelle's kids, like their harassment was like a coordinated attack, like by bots. Like it was really, and it was like race, racially motivated. It was like really bad. Um, I get what she's saying, but I do think deleting it or archiving it, whatever she said, like, makes me think there's more to it, you know? And like, of course, yeah, things like that do nothing. That's so performative. That's literally like the basis of social media. Like everything is performative. Yeah. Like everything you post, like it just is. So I, I agree with that concept, but the posting and then archiving of it makes me think it's like there's something more nefarious going on. Yeah, it makes it like, you know, drama filled. But what's, uh, what's, I like, I, I'm not caught up on the show, so I don't know, like, what's changed and why all the kids are now getting death threats when the show has been airing for more than 10 years. Every other franchise, like, this hasn't been an issue until this season. And it's just right. making me think of, like, what you theorized, the where you theorized the bots were coming from. Like, what's new about this season that's different from other seasons? Diana. Yeah, so um, there's really not even that much going on on Beverly Hills right now. Garcelle's son, especially her younger one, like was involved in a brief storyline with Erica. Erica was like wasted and she yelled at him, like, get the fuck out of here. And Garcelle was like, do not talk to my kids like that. Right. Um, and it wasn't really a big deal. And that deal. was weeks ago. Right. So I don't know why, why this is happening when it's never happened. It does make you think. There also are a lot of people who think that Lisa Rinna was behind the bots. But Lisa Rinna's been on this show for many years and it's never happened. So I agree. Like the new factor has to have something to do with it. Not has to, but now that you told me that theory, like that's all I can it think. It makes sense. Because like yeah. the fact that all the kids are getting this, they were never in play before. Like this was not no. ever happening. And that's always been a line that I feel like the the housewives never cross. Most of the fans, the fans. really don't cross it unless I mean Jolie. Unless the kid is doing confessionals, you know, like and then Jolie. What about Jolie? Like, remember when people were messaging her, like, disgusting things about her mom and it was on the show? Yeah. Yeah. See, but I also think that this is a lesson to housewives and reality TV stars everywhere. Like, it's, especially for your kids, if you, if they are on public, like, I just think that that's something you should rethink. I think... Kids are totally off limits, but you know how disgusting the internet is. You know how fucking crazy Bravo fans are to the point where, like, I'm actually worried about the network. And I think that their crazy fucking fans are making them look really bad and having a ne negative impact on, like, their overall image. So I would just keep that in mind. Like, I do think if you're going to be a housewife, like, your kid's social media should be on private, which makes it tough because then you look at, like, Gigi Hadid and you see what it did for her. And then you look at Delilah and Amelia and it's like, wow, there's so many opportunities. And, and I get it. But you have to weigh, you know, the pros and the cons. Yeah, 100%. I think that the cons really outweigh the pros. I agree. It depends, like, where you, what you're looking for, but. Yeah, and it's definitely never gotten to this level now. But now that it has, I think it probably makes all the other women on different franchises who have kids on the show, it makes them, you know, second, take a second and think. Yeah. It's just wild. 
It's wild. And then everyone was freaking out because Lisa Rinna took Real Housewives of Beverly Hills out of all of her social media, out of all of her bios, thinking that she's been fired. But I feel like she pretty much just explained why she did that in that Instagram story. She said, I'm not going to mention the show on my socials anymore. So yeah, I think for, I mean, I think that's kind of silly. It's like, you're on the show. What are you trying to pretend mm-hmm. like you're not on social media for these bots? Right. Like they know that you are. But I think for Rinna, because she really, you know, she's like a celebrity before she's a housewife. And so I think she's just trying to like separate between like, here's me, Lisa Rinna as a celebrity. And then like, I also am in this TV show. It's a little too late for that. She used to be a celebrity before she yes. was Yes. No, no, no. I know. Now I'm, her celebrity I say. She's is. a little too, it's a little too late for that. Like all her of her. Celebrities fit, exclusively Her housewife. followers are Bravo fans. Like. Is she so enmeshed with that? But I think no. she's like trying to separate it. Like even like maybe like Erica Jane and Erica Girardi. Like, but there's nothing to separate. No, there's nothing. There's to nothing separate. to separate. And I, I do think her taking it out of her bios and stuff is very like dramatic. Dramatic, and it's Victim only going to cause people to talk. And and don't get me wrong, I would love for her to be fired, but I don't think that that's what happened. No, not at all. And, and I do think it's a possibility, but it hasn't happened. No, but I think, like, based on this season, I think that it's a possibility that she might not return. She's very, everything she does is, like, kind of low budget. Um, And I I don't think she can keep up with this group of women. Honestly, I feel that way. Yeah. I have to watch to see for myself, but those reasons don't sound, like, fireable. Especially for someone who, like... Not fired, but, like, not asked to be back. Yeah, no, but... No, not sorry, not fired, but those just seem like personal preferences of yours... She's constantly bringing the drama, like constantly letting someone else know what someone else said. Like she's, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Like, I guess. Um, so yeah, period. (laughs) So yeah, those were the past five stories. You definitely needed to know them. You definitely did. Yes, two days in a row of premium stories. It feels good. It does. (sighs) And that is our show. Tomorrow we are back, um, for Wednesday with Dear Toasters. Oh, and today I'm recording the Redheads with all the girls. We're recapping everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton. So if you're reading along with us, make sure to email your questions about the book or just books in general to the Redheads Book Club at gmail.com. It's going to be such a great episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found on so Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us, the Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an incredible, amazing Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow for Hump Day. Bye. Bye.